0: What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Forgotten Jesus Podcast. My name is Andrew Bolton with Pastor Robbie Gowdy and Candy on our second bonus episode for the Christmas season. Pastor, last week we ended with talking about the shepherds and how the birth of Jesus didn't come to the most highly esteemed people, but it came to the shepherds, who, Ooh. in that culturally, in that time were detestable, rejected, et cetera, et cetera. Today yeah. you're getting into why. It is such a lowly position now. Yeah, yeah. Any ideas from you guys
1: as to why?
0: Well, I, I, I know because I'm, I'm trying to figure out how it shifted from in sure. David's time being a respectable occupation to now. Like, what would have happened to change well, that?
2: But even in David's time, wasn't there some remarks made about him being a shepherd?
1: Yeah, I, I said that wrongly last time. It wasn't. It wasn't an acceptable. Um it wasn't an accepted um position even in David's time it was even okay. looked at um with with um a, a snarky look okay, toward. Okay. Uh, yeah they looked down on shepherd because think about Samuel he's like do you have anybody else and dad's like right, well i well, got this the kid shepherd boy messing yeah. with the yeah. sheep mm-hmm. because you got to remember okay. she- shepherds follow sheep right they they Ugh. follow sheep they don't lead sheep sheep don't follow anybody by the way you don't lead a sheep really no you got to push a she- you got to push sheep Right by the way, that's why you ever hear his sheep dog there. He's pushing them. the shepherd. Doesn't say, "Follow me, boys," and they so am go I following Jesus or is Jesus pushing me. Well, watch this. The shepherd follows sheep normally, and what comes after sheep? Sheep poop. Exactly. So that was not a desirable. I could have
0: alliterated that, but I I'm didn't. glad you did not go. <laughs> with but I anybody. did not. For, you did warn the viewers last, <laughs> yes. the listeners
1: last episodes, this this is not a family-friendly show.
0: No, well, it is, typically. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, uh, but shepherds, I mean, obviously the shepherds lead the sheep, but normally you're pushing and driving sheep, right, right. from behind. So it was, you looked down upon. So as Candy's right. Even in David's day, it was looked down upon. But in Jesus's day, it was even detested or detestable, and it was despised by people. Why? A couple reasons. A couple of bad apples ruined it for everyone. Dwight Pryor, who um, the late, uh, great Dwight Pryor, biblical scholar, a mentor of mine, considered Dwight to be my rabbi in the Jewish uh, culture. Uh, Dwight said, shepherds were detestable and unreliable. They sometimes couldn't even testify in court. Mm. Nobody wanted to be a shepherd. Shepherds were despised by the good, quote, respectable people of the day. According to the Mishnah commentary on the Bible, shepherds were under a ban, They were regarded as thieves. Mm. The only people lower than shepherds at that particular time in Jewish history were lepers. Wow. Were lepers. Mm. Okay. So when the God of heaven comes, he doesn't come to the court of royalty. He doesn't come to uh, the high and lifted up. He doesn't come to the kings and queens. He actually reveals himself to shepherds. Why? Because the shepherds are going to tell us two things about the Messiah. Okay. Why would God do this? He didn't come to the palace. Jesus wasn't born in a court. Jesus Jesus wasn't presented with a procession of a parade. He is born in a cave. And the Bible says specifically in a feeding trough inside of an animal stable, if you will, okay? Now, a little sidebar about feeding trough. uh, And this really messes people. What do you mean he was born in the feeding trough? Yes, they didn't have a place to lay him. And so the feeding trough where they would feed the animals food they have it there. Why? Because they're in a stable mm-hmm. with animals. So they, they lay Jesus down in this feeding trough, and a feeding trough was also a picture in the Jewish culture of obedience. Did you know this?
0: I did not.
1: It, it signified obedience. Why? Because some animals were stubborn, and they didn't eat when you fed them. We know this personally at our own house.
0: Mm. Are we talking kids or animals? Uh, we're talking, well. Because mine's kids. <laughs>
2: It uh, could be both. What are we going to have?
1: That's good. actually we're, pretty good because to I think the we, food that's we, have, one animal, we have one animal, we have one dog bad. that eats eats their food and yeah. the others, and we have one kid that eats their food and will eat anything, yeah. and we have one other kid that eats nothing, and we have one animal that eats other. So Annie. Oh, good.
2: he eats something, but it's just not what he's supposed
1: yeah, so to eat. Yeah, chips and snacks. Oh, no, no, I'm talking yeah. about the dog. Oh, the, oh, the dog. dog, chips and snacks, <laughs> exactly.
0: Talking That's about the what kids. the pastor's talking about.
1: Yeah, no, I, if you let the dog, if you don't watch the dog, they will get in the the, the, the garbage. But the point yeah. is. Tubby, the younger one, who's stubborn and hard headed, but he's my favorite. Are we talking kids or we're dogs? we're talking no, dogs. Telling dogs, telling dogs. dogs. Okay, let's Tubby clarify. actually does not eat. You put his food and he comes out because he's waiting for the scraps from the garbage. But Annie will eat her food and his food. Okay. So a, a sign of obedience, which makes perfect sense for our dogs, was when you put food down in a trough, right. you eat. Now, isn't it interesting? We talked about this last week. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the house of bread. Let me make another connection for you. Isn't it fascinating? that Jesus is laid in a feeding trough. Hmm. Huh. And the feeding trough signifies feasting or sustenance or eating. Oh, wow. And the very trough itself shows a sign of obedience. Oh, and w- good night, You're gonna yeah. love this. And what does Jesus come to do? To obey right. his father. And not just once. You ready for this? They say he's lying in a... You're gonna love it. I mean, just, just little nuggets just pop off the page. How many times does it say he's lying in a manger? Do you know? Not once, not twice, three times. Mm. Three times, three times. And we know that number three is pretty important in the Jewish culture. I'll let you figure out what, what that means. But the shepherds are gonna teach us another principle, okay? You're gonna find him lying in a manger, in a feeding trough, wrapped in swaddling clothes. Now, you have to understand back in that time, certain towns were known for certain things. Okay. Nashville, give you a pop quiz. Nashville is known for what? Music. Vivian, or what
0: kind of music? Country, Country, Country. music. I Vivian. was going to say, or like bridesmaids. <laughs> no, they are known bachelorette for bri- party. Bachelorette parties. That's, party. That's yeah. what I was trying to think yeah. Yeah, it's it's been a long of. They time are known for bachelorette parties. Yeah. Did you know
1: we're the number one bachelorette party capital of the world? I did, That's, which is why I said that. Yeah. Uh, what is New Orleans, Louisiana, known for? French Quarter. Mardi uh, Gras Bourbon Grah. Street, Mardi Gras Bourbon but food like Cajun food. food. I would not That's have what gone I there. Yeah. I was trying to get the little
0: beignets! There. Oh, son!
2: Those oh
1: yeah,
0: those the bread of life. Yeah, <laughs> those are amazing. <laughs> that is sustenance right yes. there, my friend. Okay,
1: what is Maine known for? Lobster. Lobster. Okay, what was Bethlehem known for?
2: Bread.
1: No. What? Well, well, <laughs> you just
2: said house of bread. Well, it was
1: the house of bread, they, but they didn't like really them. bake a lot of bread. It wasn't like. Baked bread there. It was just the name of the town. Okay. What was Bethlehem known for, though? What was it known for? I d- have um, no clue now. Olive wood. She's, <laughs> she's saying that because that's where we go to. Sa- <laughs> that's true, though, yeah, huh? we go We go to oh, wood shop in Bethlehem. And olive garden. With breadsticks. Wow, <laughs> that's where they got it. That olive is where garden. they got that from. Yes, house of bread. House of bread. No. Bethlehem, uh, Bethlehem was known for the only place in all of Israel that raised the lambs that were acceptable for sacrifice in the temple. Now I don't know if you know this, but the only place that you could receive a lamb to offer up to God in the temple by the priesthood was Bethlehem, Wow, that was it. You couldn't get them from anywhere else and that's where they got them from. Now I'll give you some statistics. During the Passover celebration alone, remember there were three festivals of celebration, but the Passover is one where everyone had to bring a lamb mm-hmm. to sacrifice to the Lord for their family, to remember the Passover, got Passover and saved the nation. Guess how many people they said would come to the Passover celebration during that time, In upwards of, and this is Josephus, and sometimes he exaggerates, but we'll just use his number and I'll, I'll parse it out. Guess how many people could have come during the time of Jesus to the Passover for the celebration? Take a guess. 500,000. That's a good guess. Mm.
2: I'd say a million.
1: That's a better guess. Josephus said anywhere from two to three million. Oh, wow. Okay, two to three million. Sometimes, so here's a little rule—a uh, 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 rule of thumb when you're translating Josephus, who's a historian in the first century. Mm-hmm. They always say whatever Josephus says, divide by three. Oh, good night. Yeah, because he's wow. always exaggerated. But let's just say on the low end, mm-hmm. let's say there's a half a million to a million. Okay, a million people, okay. and every person that comes has to bring one lamb to sacrifice for their family. Wow. wow. So that could be on the low end. What? A hundred and fifty thousand to two hundred and fifty thousand sheep to be sacrificed. Josephus said that the blood from Passover ran so deep in the streets wow. that it was like it wow. was like water coming down uh, mm-hmm. the different streets of the city because with blood. That's how much blood was coming. Okay, so you have this Passover celebration. Everybody's required to come. Why would they do that? Just a sidebar. God showed the people early on in the Old Testament that life was in the blood, mm-hmm. okay? Life is in the blood. So in order for you to live in the presence of a holy God as a sinful human being, somebody has to die
0: mm-hmm.
1: in your place. It started in the Old Testament with Adam and Eve. When they sinned, God killed the first animal in the garden with the, with the animal and provided skin for them to right. in a sense cover their sin. The same thing happened in Exodus with the innocent animal died and the blood covered Mm -hmm. their sin so they can live. So that's the picture. Why did God set up this way? I don't know. That's the way he set it up. Why would he do this? It's such a horrific act and blood and smell Mm -hmm. and stench and burning animals. Why would he do that? I want you to see this. The more you think about it, the harder it is to fathom. But here's the point. God wants us to know just how much he hates sin. Wow. Like if you're not bothered by the fact that an innocent animal that you raise, and we had to do this one time, we had to put down some of our animals when we had sheep. And I just remember how horrific it was Mm -hmm. that the family animal had to be put down in front of us. If you're not bothered by that, something's wrong with you. And if you are bothered by that, it shows you just how much God hates sin. And it shows you just how deep the sacrifice of Christ was for your sin and my sin. Now, Bethlehem, as I said, was the place where the shepherds, Raise the flock in order to go to the temple. But there's a place in Bethlehem, about a hundred, I mean, about a thousand or fifteen hundred paces outside of Bethlehem, north toward Jerusalem, called the Migdal Adair. Okay, the Migdal Adair. And it's called the Watchtower of the flock, okay? Go with me, Candy, to Genesis chapter 35, verse 19. And I wanna show you why Bethlehem is so significant for the Passover lamps. There's a place in uh, in, in Bethlehem, just north, called the Migdal Adair, the house of the flock or the watchtower of the flock. It was the place where the shepherds were looking over the landscape at the sheep. So I want to show you the first place that's mentioned in the Bible, Genesis 35, 19. So read this quickly.
2: Okay, so Rachel died and was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is Bethlehem.
1: Keep going. Oh.
2: Uh, Jacob set up a marker on her grave. It is the marker at Rachel's grave still today. Keep going. Israel set out again and pitched his tent beyond the Tower of Adair.
1: There it is, the Tower of Adair. Adair is the flock. Eder, the tower of Adair, the flock. Is it Eder or Adair? I don't know. It's Adair, one of the, and when you're pronouncing Hebrew words, you don't know, what do you you do? say them with confidence and it doesn't matter. And nobody knows. Okay, so it's one of those two, but the Migdal Adair, I think it is, is the tower of the flock. Okay, that's the first time you see it. It's where Rachel died and was buried. Now, we're gonna see it again in Micah chapter four, verse eight, which is interesting because Micah chapter five is the prophecy of Bethlehem. One chapter before, we're gonna see it again. Watch this.
2: Micah 4, 8. Yep. And you, watchtower for the flock, fortified hill of daughter Zion, the former rule will come to you. Sovereignty will come to daughter Jerusalem. Okay.
1: That's such a good verse. Now watch what watch what Mike is saying. Mike is saying, you, the watchtower of the flock, this is where, so what are the, what is the watchtower of the flock? It was this structure. And you can go online and maybe Robert, we can find a picture. There is a picture. If you search Migdal Adair, we'll put it on the show notes. It's a picture of what one would have looked like. It was just this little tower built with bricks and stones, and you would stand in it or on it, and you would watch the flock at night. And then underneath in the open area, this was the place where you diagnosed and investigated to determine if the sheep or lamb was without spot or blemish. It was a big room Mm. that you would bring the sheep in. It was also a place they believe where the sheep or uh, or, or or the sheep or the goats sometimes, or mostly sheep, would have babies. They would give birth inside of this Migdal Adair. And then as soon as the flock, or as soon as the baby was born, the shepherd would immediately grab the lamb immediately because you got to remember when a, when a lamb is born they're kicking and jumping and you know flipping and so what they don't want to happen is what 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 is the last thing they need to happen to one of these temple raised sheep to
2: like break Get a bone or, or to yeah. break a
1: bone or a right. bruise yeah, or chip an spotless. ear or, or 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 mark a face that's the way God said it. I mean seriously chip an ear you said chip an ear or cut an ear. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> it. ears. I don't know, making I'm like, things up good. on the spot. But, yeah. but basically, you don't want this animal to have any blemish. So mm. what did you do? You actually put the feet, uh, the, paw, the, the the arms and the legs. You put them together, and they wrap these lambs. You ready mm. for this? With swaddling cloths. Oh wow! Kind of like kind of like a, a swaddling a child. Right, Our right. son Rig and Ryder, both of them had colic. Mm-hmm. Mm. And the only thing that helped them or actually helped us get through the night from, <laughs> right. you know, never ending crying was
0: swaddling. Well, I remember we would swaddle our boys so they didn't scratch themselves.
1: Yeah. Yes, that's another one.
0: That's Which another is one. kind of what yeah, we're you, seeing you, here. You, basically, it's a, for those who don't know, it's basically a prison
1: cell in yeah. and a swaddle. <laughs> they car. love it. They love you it. put their arm. Yeah, it actually they, makes it them it feel makes secure feel, yeah. and warm
0: right. and safe. Okay. Right. Jenny still swaddles me like, before <laughs> I go to sleep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Babe, can you tuck me in?
0: Yeah, yeah You mind? Parts,
1: yeah.
0: A little tight around the feet, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs)
1: So you would swaddle the animal to protect it from hurting itself. Now, it's interesting because the sign the shepherds will come and notice is going to be this swaddling cloth around, not a sheep, which is what Mm, they expected, but a baby. Now, here's another little side note. There is a statement about the Migdal Adair that is found in the Targum, which the Targum, for those who don't know, you have the Mishnah, the Talmud, the Targum, the Gomorrah. These are all basically Old Testament commentaries collected together in the Mishnah, Old Testament commentaries, rabbinic writings, sayings, oral law, all gathered together in one book that the people would know about and use to translate the Old Testament, okay? So a Targum is a rabbinic note by a rabbi written about a particular passage or an idea. In the Targum, there is a line about the Messiah. Now, here's what's fascinating. This Targum was found when they uncovered the Dead Sea Scrolls. Mm. Okay? Now, which means that it could be as old as 70 AD, Mm -hmm. but scholars have suggested that this Targum dated back to orally Ezra, in the time of Ezra and Nehemiah, hundreds yeah. of years before, they believed this about the Messiah. And here's what the Targum says, okay? Let me read it for you. Migdal Adair, the tower of the flock, the place from which it will happen that King Messiah will be revealed to us at the end of the days. Mm, wow. So this is a non-Christian Jewish rabbi right. or Jewish sage, writing about Migdal Adair in Bethlehem, saying that when King Messiah comes, he will come to this place. Mm-hmm. Isn't it fascinating that when the announcement goes forth, it goes to shepherds, the lowly, detestable ones. Why? Two reasons. One, shepherds couldn't testify. They, could, they weren't mm. respected. They were looked down upon. But watch this. God's gonna take the lowest of low, the despised, the overlooked, the humiliated, and he's going to entrust the greatest message of the world, the announcement of his son, but he's also going to do it for another reason because it was these shepherds, you're going to love this, it was these shepherds who were given the task to determine if the baby if the lamb Ooh, was perfect was perfect wow they were the final deciding factor as to if this lamb was acceptable to be sacrificed mm-hmm. in God's temple and isn't it interesting they're the first ones to go see Jesus and they're blown away and of course they say, wow this is wow. an acceptable sacrifice but it, but there's more mm. but there's more The cloth had a dual purpose. Mm -hmm. Not only was the swaddling cloth a picture of wrapping of lambs prepared for a sacrificial service. So think about this. The cloth is giving us meaning as to Jesus' death. I mean, Jesus' sacrifice. Jesus didn't come just to live. Yes, he did. But this lamb, lamb of God, has come to be the sacrifice for the sin of the world. Wow. But it's more than that. The, 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 the cloths that were used were swaddling bands, to be technical. Okay? These bands were about five inches wide, as long as five to six yards long. So they were little strips of bands that they would use. Like you'd picture a mummy. Like Yeah, like wrapping a mummy. Exactly. According to the Mishnah, again, commentary in the Old Testament, these bands were used not only to wrap the Passover lambs to protect them from injury, but they were also used to wrap dead bodies Mm. in preparation for burial. Wow. Now, why is that important? Because... In the caves surrounding Israel and Galilee and Bethlehem, travelers would readily stay. You would go on long journeys. You would travel with your family, three-day journey from Galilee to yeah. Jerusalem it's highly likely that one of your family members would die on the way. Mm -hmm. That
2: happened all the time in the Old Testament.
1: All the time. You can't airlift to to Centennial Hospital. Call a helic. So what do you do? You have to prepare the body in the moment. And so what they would do as a courtesy is they would regularly have these swaddling cloths Ins interspersed in the caves oh, on wow. shelves right. so that when travelers were there, the the they meeting. could use them. Watch this. Arnold Frichtenbaum, Jewish theologian, says this. Very fascinating. Interspersed among the caves were caves that were used for burial purposes. So in these burial caves inside the niches in the walls, you can still see to this day, they would store burial cloths. If a person died within the town, they would bury the body outside of it, wrap the body in the strips of cloth from the cloth stored in the stable caves, and then they would take him to be buried either in a different cave or a cemetery below the grave or below the ground. Because Jesus was born in a stable cave, Mary and Joseph had to make use of that which was readily available, which was burial cloths. Wow. Now, why is that important? On the first day of Jesus's life, this is the picture the shepherds see when they mm. come upon him. Number one is they see Jesus wrapped up like a Passover lamb prepared for sacrifice to the temple, but they also see him wrapped up like a dead body oh, wow. prepared for life after death. Wow. And I don't think it's any accident that both of these two images converge on the birth of Jesus Christ. Wow. So it's way more than just cloths. It's way more than just shepherds out there. You're mm. starting to see, and I hope you're learning as you're listening to this podcast, the, the, the nuggets are in the little details. Mm. If the gospel mm. writer puts a note in here, certain kind of cloth, a certain day journey, right. certain kind of person, it's there for a reason. For sure.
0: So I'm, I'm seeing some parallels here, <laughs> chiasm, if you will. So born in a cave. Placed in a cave Kesher, when he to, Kesher, Kesher, Kesher. Yeah, Kesher. Ooh, I see where you're going. To. Okay. Wrapped in cloth, wrapped in cloth. Ooh. Revealed himself to shepherds on the front end. Who do he reveal him to, himself on the back end to when mm. he came back? Disciples. No, well, no, women, women. Ooh. Ooh. Who? Oh, I see where you're were going. we also, were also yeah. they were the first you know, to discover the body. Exactly. Couldn't testify in court or whatever the case may be. Like How also you, still kind of I'm learning. Keep so. going, keep going. No, with, that's all I got. That's uh, all I got. That's oh, all I got. You,
1: those are some good ones. So you see Jesus's life bookended yeah.
0: mm-hmm. with these interesting truths. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's wild. That's good. Andrew. That's wild. Okay, is that it for this
1: episode? Yeah. Well, we may have more, but just share this with your friends. There might be people who uh, don't know some of these yeah. things, and it
0: can really enhance their Christmas worship time Amen. this Christmas of Jesus. Okay. So cliffhanger. If we get to it on the next episode, how did the wise men get to s- travel to see Jesus? Do you know? Uh, that I don't know. In a you- Honda. In a Honda? Yeah, it says they came in one accord. Okay, guys, (laughs) hope you enjoyed this episode of the Forgotten Jesus podcast. Share it with your friends and family. Again, connect with us on social media at theforgottenjesus on Instagram. We'd love to talk to you there. That's a lot of where we get questions and stuff as well. So, uh, And always check out the show notes for the discussion questions so you guys can break this down as you talk amongst your friends. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you on the next episode.